0: I have actually fan winked i fan winked that into to negotiate it for myself that he is a descendant of mr darcy that came to the u.s and you know the wamsgans are descendants of the darcy's so he's a he's a gross ancestor
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Femme on Film. Femme on Film is back. This is the uh, first original episode since the launch of the Femme on Podcast Collective, which is still quite difficult to say. Um, And so you've just been getting the back catalogue. And we're here to talk about a very special film. Now, I keep on using the word special. I'm probably going to say it a lot throughout this whole episode, What the film we're talking about today, which you know what it is because it's in the title, is Joe Wright's 2005 Pride and Prejudice. But the reason we're talking about it specifically on Feminine Film is there is a great love for this film. Mm -hmm. So Feminine Film, I usually focus on films that are for women, made by women, underrated because they're within that category, unfairly maligned, Josie and the Pussycats. But this is a film that seems to be transcending the genre that it is it's a period drama and what I love about this film is generation upon generation seems to discover it like there's this huge trend about the hand flex and that's leading to more people discovering it and you know this film is pretty old now it's over 15 years old it's 18 years old doing some quick maths there in my head 17 18 years old and New generations keep on discovering this film, keep on enjoying this film. People keep on talking about this film. And it's broken out of that period drama, sort of little genre ball that, you know, men love this film.
2: Mm.
1: Like, you you know, Sense and Sensibility, Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility is a fantastic film. But if you ask most men about it, they would not know what on earth you're talking about. You talk about this film and I find most men in my life or random men that I'm like accosting who I randomly meet and then talk about films with know of this film and enjoy this film. And so I think that's something special. I think that makes it fit into the film on film discussion. So I've waffled on a lot. Clearly, I want to talk about this film a lot. But this is about my wonderful guests. My wonderful guests are here because of Alison and I talking about the hand flex on fine cuts. And unsurprisingly, lots of people were interested. So there's five of us here today. There's my wonderful, on co-host and fine-cut hand flex, appreciated, appreciator, co-host, Alison. Don't know where that was going. Um, Hi, Alison. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited.
3: (laughs) I'm really
1: excited, if you can't tell. (laughs) I'm really excited. I've watched this film twice in the last week. So (laughs) that would be why. Um, And... And other femme on host, the lovely Tonya, who as soon as she found out we were talking about the hand flex, was like, why are we not talking about the film completely in its whole, in its awesomeness? So hello, Tonya.
4: Meow. I am very excited to talk about this film. I love, love, love
1: it. (laughs) And then you, Tonya, brought on our third guest, doing some maths here again, the lovely, I say you're lovely, you seem lovely, you have the most wonderful lipstick on, Wendy. Say hello, Wendy.
0: Hello, and thank you so much for uh, including me on this. I think I've been waiting my entire life, or at least since twenty or two thousand and five, to be asked to hold forth on this topic. So <laughs> I have many strong feelings, and I am really hoping that we get to the get to the nitty gritty of uh, my strong feelings about about Donald Sutherland
1: and also Jenna Malone and the rest of the Bennett sisters. And then our final guest is the keep on everybody's lovely come on we're all lovely we're talking about this lovely film can be lovely, lovely susan who uh who also was like okay Pride and Previous. in fact you should tell the story of how you've come to be on this podcast because you just told us before we started recording and it was fantastic
2: oh well thank you thank you for including me i'm very excited to be here i found out about the podcast through another uh, member of your collective ada McCartney um who I'm friends with and we were talking one day and I said something about the film and found out she had not seen it neither had a friend of mine Patrick and as soon as I said you haven't seen it we have to watch it she said oh but there's a there's an episode a fine cut episode about the and I said no 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 spoilers we're going to watch it first and then then we can talk so I'm so excited to be a part of this conversation.
1: Excellent. I can tell that my, my tone and pitch is getting a lot higher with excitement. So let's get into it. Right. We all love this film. Let's talk about we why we love it. I feel like, Wendy, this is your moment. Talk to us about why you love Joe Wright's 2005 Pride and Prejudice.
0: So I rewatched it again last night for the 292nd time, probably. And I think what struck me about my appreciation of it um, is that from the very opening scene, we are in the in the uh, world of Elizabeth Bennet. We are appreciating the things that Elizabeth appreciates. We're not in a fine ball. We're not in you know, a drawing room, we're out in the countryside in the misty morning and walking through the, you know, the heather. And it's teaching us to see the world through Elizabeth's eyes in many ways. Also, I have to say, I'm going to say something that is very scandalous, but I think Matthew McFadden- is the
1: best Darcy. Yes. Sorry to say yes. it. I love Colin Firth.
4: Yeah, 100%.
1: No, yeah. Colin Firth can do one. Jog on, <laughs> Firthy Boy. It is all about Matthew McFadden. And mm-hmm. I say that being a big fan of Succession and Tom yeah. is horrendous <laughs> in Succession, yet so still the best character. I have I've actually fan
0: I fan-winked that and to, to negotiate it for myself that he is a descendant of Mr. Darcy that came to the U.S., and, you know, the Wamsgans are descendants of the D'Arcys. So oh, he's, nice.
1: a, he's a gross ancestor. I'm so happy right now that we're talking about Pride and prejudice and succession. <laughs> like and yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like an outlander thing, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you because I got so excited. Oh, uh, no, and it's <laughs> I,
0: I'm there, <laughs> but uh, the that, was, that was essentially, it was... It, us preparing to not be shocked by Lizzie's soil soiled hems and her preference yes. for, you know, walking the moors and with her hair down, it was priming us to see the world through Lizzie's eyes in the beginning. And that's what I think I appreciated about it so much.
2: I love that you said that. when i when I listened to the fine cut episode, and um I someone said, "Thank you for the female gaze, right? i I thought to myself that one of the wonderful things about this movie, even though we may not always attend to that perspective, is that it is Lizzie's story. It's what Lizzie feels. It was Lizzie thinks and experiences and what she hears. And so I love that you said that too, that when I watch the film, I'm with Lizzie, I'm in Lizzie's story.
0: And I think, you know, you said the female gaze, which I I love that kind of twist on the male gaze. Austin was very aware of the female gaze. If there's you can point to various pieces in her in her books where she is talking about what people are looking at and people and specifically what women are watching and appreciating. And then in Persuasion there's actually a scene where Anne Elliot is talking about being on display and how much she prefers to reverse that. So it's very much in keeping with Austen in that adaptation.
4: I think that that is what makes this film superior to the 1995 one, because we stick with Lizzie's perspective. Yes. And the other film, it goes off into this, the stuff that isn't in the book and we see what is happening when he's writing the letter and all of this stuff. And it's like, no, part of the excitement is not knowing what is happening with Mr. Darcy. I don't, I don't want to see that. I want the anticipation. I want to the tension of what is happening. It steals the conflict from it. We're here. We just get this, you know, all of these feelings when she gets the letter and she reads it and realizes, oh, damn, I was completely wrong. And he just proposed to me. And I said no. (laughs) Sorry, I'm swept up in that scene. Yeah, absolutely. I (laughs) I went there.
2: I totally went there. But that's that again, it's the beauty of here are the things that she imagines here are the things that she hides from herself or her assumptions about other characters. It's so powerful.
0: And it's a very intimate, even how the movie is shot, it's a very intimate scene. I'm thinking about how that scene where Jane and Lizzie are underneath their covers and they're talking about the yes, And it's like, we are under the covers with them.
4: Just from a filmmaker perspective, this is a work of art. Yes, You pause at pretty much any Mm -hmm. frame and it's a work of art. Oh, they're sitting on couches, work of art. She's walking on the moors, work of art. They're talking under the covers. It's all, it's just a beautiful artistic vision. And I can't believe this was his first film.
0: I was thinking about that scene last night. I don't even know how you light that scene where they're under the covers and you're so tight to both of the actors' faces. How the heck did they light it? It was, but it worked,
4: and it felt so intimate. It's like it's two sisters just talking and giggling, and you know all all the soaring emotions of I met a boy and he liked me. I never had that.
2: Well, but you did. We can't the all have
0: Darcy either. So right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> true. That's true.
2: Or Bingley,
1: for that matter. I mean, kind of milk toast. I'm kind of like, yeah, but I. But this is the thing. Sweet, the way he pines for her. Yes. (laughs) I, I remember when I first saw this film in the cinema, and I had a reaction to each character. I very much, from the moment they stepped on screen, understood who they were, and that's really masterful. And the more I watch it, the more. I appreciate that. So watching it this time, you know, we we started at the opening. The opening is, I I mean, I hate to keep on using the word perfect, but it is perfect. So Mm -hmm. we're introduced to each of the Bennets and they get such a small amount of screen time in that opening through Lizzie walking through. But yet we understand each and every one of them. You know, we've got Mary, who's basically providing the soundtrack to their lives. She's the background she's playing the piano that's her role in the family to be in the background to not do anything else we've got Kitty and Lydia running around being untamed teenage girls they are just being teenage girls it just happens to be in the past we've got Lizzie in her being so focused on her point of view she's walking along reading a book she's not paying any attention to the outside world which sums up her character that's exactly who she is she is very much self-centered not necessarily in a bad way other times in a bad way and then we get Jane who is there being the proper young woman sitting there doing her embroidery but she's got no emotion about it she's just doing the embroidery because that's what she's supposed to do she's the elder sister she's having to be the 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 person that everybody looks up to and then it's the same with, with their parents. Like Mrs. Bennett is gossiping. Mr. Bennett's off in his room doing whatever he wants to do, not paying any attention to his family. And I just like that opening scene is sort of like less than 10 minutes long. And we already know every single character within the Bennett family. It's so clever. And they do that throughout. I still remember the first time Mr. Bingley came on. And I was like, oh, here he is. Little, exactly like little, little wet milk, floppy haired guy, Mr. Bingley. But he's also got such charm. You get why Jane likes him. And every performance brings a layer to the character. Rosamund Pike's performance of Jane brings her alive from the page, from the story. She's not two-dimensional. I say this as somebody who loves Pride and Prejudice, it's my favourite Jane Austen book, but Jane in the book is quite flat. And she brings so much more to it. And I just love that, and this is what I say all the time. I've said it on every single film on film. I love it when everybody gets the assignment and they bring their A game. And that's what everybody in this film is is doing. Alison, I realize we've all been talking, been getting excited, and you've been sat there so patiently. Well, I agree with everything
3: everyone's saying and the specific scenes that people are calling out. And I was thinking about what I had to add and Part of the reason I think this movie is so successful is it works on it's working on the subtextual level and the textual level. Like if you have not read Pride and Prejudice, this movie is successful. You but for those of us who have each character when they show up, we have this spark of recognition. You know, we know who they are and we feel this like sense of satisfaction and intelligence that we know who they are and the casting is is pitch perfect. I I think they do a really lovely job. And the craft in this film is stupendous truly like it is as a person who went to film school and watched films critically for a long time it is a very and it came out not that long after I graduated so I was when I saw it in the theaters that's the person that was watching it and I was predisposed to dislike it I was like, oh, this isn't going to be as good as the BBC version. I don't even really like Kieran Knightley. Really? She's not my Lizzie. You know, I mean, I just didn't really think I was. And who's this Matthew person? I don't know who he is. He's really not even that handsome. Like, what is this? And um, and then that opening shot and the use of light in this film is so magical. Like the sheets, the sunrise twice we open and close the film with the sunrise the tracking shots like all of it is but it's kind of invisible it is not the kind of filmmaking that makes you feel like look at all this you know i'm so impressed with these filmmakers but it is working on you at a it's working on you like it is affecting your experience and so it it is a very well made film like i don't think that's debatable but then also the writing and the acting all of it is superlative. So I just I really thought about it watching this time like is this my favorite movie? Not my favorite Pride and Prejudice, but my favorite movie. Is this my favorite movie because I am not a big rewatcher of films because oftentimes the thing that captured me the first time isn't there anymore or it changes into something else and and I as anyone who knows me likes a lot of very moody I liked a lot of very moody foreign films. And then I'd go back and watch them and be like, oh God, you know, like I, geez, I was really sad. I can't watch this now, but this movie grows with me. And I see it from a very different perspective as a mother than I did as a woman who was just falling in love. So it it grows with you. The characters are round people like you aren't like oh you know even even the people we're supposed to dislike we see their point of view so it's it's a very impressive accomplishment i think like
0: can we t- can you mention motherhood in this can we talk take a moment on mrs bennett
1: yeah.
0: i just want to appreciate first of all i also want to appreciate that opening shot the bits of dialogue that we get are literally jane austen's opening to the novel yeah. so yes. have you heard netherfield park is let it last is literally on the first page um but brenda blethin who also if you watch vera um that's vera is just performing a master class in um a very contextual character if you watch the the yet another reason this is better than the 2000 and, or the nineteen eighty five version is that you know allison uh what was her name allison uh, stedman who uh, played Mrs. Bennett in that version she's great but she's very very flat she's very much a caricature whereas Brenda Blethyn, you actually see she is earnestly freaking out that she has got five daughters and you know Donald Sutherland's character Mr. Bennett is you know just let's face it he's failing at being a provider and being um, a <laughs> you know, somebody who cares about what happens to his daughters because literally he could fall dead at any moment and they are literally out the door. And Mr. Collins, who Tom Hollander, chef's kiss, but Mr. Collins is coming in and he's taken over Longbourn and she and the girls are going to be, if they're lucky, lace makers. And if (laughs) they're not lucky, whores. I mean, that's they're going to be out you know, selling themselves because there's nothing, they will have nothing to live off of. So they are in real peril and he just thinks it's funny.
3: Um, and she's and that, just really
0: bringing it. Sorry,
3: Alice. And that's what I'm just, I, I agree. And I think that really rings true because he is this, he's a gentleman. He doesn't think in the future he's never had to, he's certainly not going to start now. And, <laughs> and she, and I think that, I mean, all of the, Conversations about class, or I think why this why Jane Austen continues to be apropos. To all like she feels so real to us because yes. these are still things we're all dealing with. These people who are completely out of touch, and and hold the keys to our future. Hopefully not as much as they once did, but I think we all have had someone in our life who controls money and doesn't actually give a shit. And even though they love us, he loves them. Oh, yeah. but he can't be bothered to like really buckle down and deal with it and i think this movie shows that very well like he's a good guy and he's out here for his own enjoyment
4: right it's not his problem right but these <laughs> are issues don't have to deal with when he's dead and <laughs> it's not a fear that he had in his life because he got to grow up a privileged white man yeah we're worried about it
3: yeah and aren't the women being a little hysterical about it <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and I think Brenda Bloodin does a great job of that, Good. right? Yes. Yeah, I
4: need to because no one she is a flutter. daughters' yeah.
0: lives are on the line
4: here.
3: Yeah.
0: And ultimately she's the hero of the story. It is because she sends Jane in the in the horse on the horse right. the rain that Bingley falls in love with Jane hardcore and says, you know, it's, it's a lovely thing that you're here. Oh, not that you're sick, but that you're here. And then during that, that's when really, when Darcy appreciates her, you know, Jane or uh, Lizzie's fine eyes and, and starts making those kind of sides about, you know, how much she prefers women who read, et cetera.
4: Which brings us to the hand moment because
0: (laughs) it is, it's as Lizzie is leaving um mm-hmm. another field that the hand moment happens
1: the flex I mean I've talked about it I've had a whole podcast dedicated.
2: I loved to listening to like you I talk should... about
1: it <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should leave yes. you to talk about it rather than it just be me all a flutter again that episode happened
4: on a Tuesday, and I am insanely busy and do not have time to listen to podcasts and my whole schedule went out the door because the <laughs> conversation on the hand flex. it was just, yeah, well, I'm not missing this. it's just so powerful. it, justice.
1: it's so it's just and every time I watch it it doesn't lose that power. not only is it incredibly sexy because uh, it just really is and I uh, like, come on me focus but it's but you know it is what Alison and I talked about it's it's that touching it's that first touch between them and you see Lizzie's world just changing in front of her just through a few very simple scenes and I I cannot think of and there probably are don't at me other films where I get that so much and so little at how somebody's whole world has changed through one simple gesture and I I just think that's so true to real life as well whether it's a gesture or a word or something you know something somebody says to us when you sort of realize that you start liking somebody and now and they you know what was She's used to be struck. like a friendly He struck
4: by that moment it was yeah what, right
1: what just happened mm-hmm. yep. you know like when you meet somebody and you're like oh I kind of like them and then like you hang out a bit and you sort of mess around and the and the sort of like touch on the arms suddenly becomes something else and you're like hold on I need to reassess everything and it does that and it just does it so perfectly I don't know where this weird accent has come from. your body it's knows before you're too do. excited yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and it, I just think that's and there's so many little scenes like that throughout. But I said I wouldn't talk about the hand flex, well, and <laughs> then I did, so you all go.
2: Allison mentioned, though, that this movie operates with subtext, like that it's obvious and on, right? And so those of us who are enjoying that aspect of it can really feel it, too, in that moment. There is some ambiguity that's very enjoyable. And because, like you just said, Tonya, about The body knows, right? So we're seeing those moments that unfolds.
3: And the movie does such a good job of that. This time I was really watching it after we talked about the hand flex. It does a great job of building how Darcy is changing, which I didn't, I don't think I really saw the subtleties until seeing it quite a few times. Like the little things he does, he is actually trying. He's not great at it. But he is trying. And like he's, you know, she tells him to practice conversation. This is later, but you know, how do you, how do you suggest I get better at conversation? Well, practice. And then he comes over to the Collins place I don't can't remember what it's called and tries to practice conversation and (laughs) it's so so awkward and adorable but he is he is taking in like his proposal is terrible when he proposes the first time no doubt about it but he is actually taking in her thoughts and her criticism and trying to change and we don't see a lot of men doing that in that day and age And not even maybe now, but, you know, he, he is internalizing what she has to say and like, and gives it weight, which is the sexiest thing ever.
4: Right. Yes. He's listening. (laughs) Her words matter to him.
3: Can we, can we talk? uh, So we talked about the hand
0: flex and about how sexy that is about how it, you can almost feel like it it felt like his hand was on fire when he flexed it. Like almost like she was still there on, that's where the the electricity was still lingering. Right. Right. but then after that um first proposal when they're in the rain and that kind of ruins and she declines him and there's this moment where they get so close and they're looking yes. at each other's mouth and they almost kiss and then he's like I will bother you no longer and, and he leaves that was sex that was freaking right. it was so sex.
4: satisfying that she that they did not kiss like it was so much right. yes That they didn't because you just feel all of it. You feel the foreplay between them. We just said all of these horrible things and we are saying no to each other, but our bodies are absolutely at war with this decision.
0: And that's when, you know, like Darcy's an edgelord at that point. Like he is just, yes. (laughs) and then, you know, no, no spoilers, obviously, but then when he actually comes in the morning, he comes through the, the mist on the Heather and we have that long shot. It's just him walking straight to her. Hubba, That's hubba. the payoff. It's it's such an echo of those two moments. He's almost wearing exactly the same thing. I mean, it, it's just flawless.
4: It's all open. Just, oh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: I also read the terrible proposal as these are two people who are very British and never get to say the truth to anybody about anything. And in that moment, they both just like let loose. Yes. And I think that that is also where that moment comes from. That attraction is like, I said all the worst things to you and you're still here.
4: And I still want you.
3: Yes. And I think that any of us who have been in love like we've had those moments right where I've showed you this deep part of myself that I'm ashamed of or don't like or and you're like yeah whatever I'm still here and that is love and they and there are these times throughout the movie that we see that and 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 that it is growing yes initially they had this moment of attraction that but they go through things together I and think- that's part of the reason it feels like such a great payoff they've earned it. yes yes
2: the The authenticity, right? Are we allowed to be our authentic selves? When can we do that? What's the right place for that? Um, I think that that's something that comes to mind as you were talking too, that they've, they've been their authentic selves all the way there
3: it's it's and it's gorgeous to look at and they have great chemistry you know it's not a couple that you're like I get that you are playing at loving each other but I am not buying this uh you're buying it and I think the chemistry
4: throughout this movie is with all of them between the sisters between Jane and or not Jane but um I I cannot remember
3: well, I think Jane and Bingley's chemistry, I'm just going to, while you're thinking, I do think they also have great chemistry because they he puts his foot in it chemistry. and she giggles yeah. and yes. it makes her feel so safe that he can be an idiot in front of her. And he like, likes no. her so much that he is an idiot. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. his She
0: saves him at one point too. He says something terrible yes. and she was about reading and he's like, no, no, I mean, I read. And yes. she's like, oh yeah, why, why would you read when you, there are so many other things to do? Like she preserves right. him. Yes. And I meant to
4: say Charlotte, not Jane. I was, I was talking about between yes. Charlotte and Lizzie, yeah. that their chemistry their is friendship. good. And then of course, between Darcy and Elizabeth, like it's just, it's amazing chemistry throughout the entire film.
3: But Charlotte, when she says that to Lizzie, when she comes to tell her she's engaged to Collins and don't judge me. Like yeah. that right. scene is so another moment of honesty. Yes. We're not the same. Don't treat me like we are. Um, Mm -hmm. there's so, there's a lot of wisdom. I mean, Austin had a lot of wisdom and And
0: on the page. page, That's a big feminist moment. Um, Charlotte Lucas is, is kind of somebody that we should hold up for like for feminism there because mm-hmm. she's saying, look, this is what we've got. This is yep. the, the world that we live in. Right. And
3: I'm making right about it. Jane
0: too. Like
4: she, yes. Yes, she yes. likes him, but nobody can tell that she re- is really into him because she's mm-hmm. too reserved and she's going yep. to miss her chance.
3: Yes. She's like uh, the rational Mrs. Bennett, she's like yeah, the, you know, straight to the point. Here's, here's what I stand to lose. Here's what I stand to gain. I have to go for what I'm going to gain. I have a whole life to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I love that. But Charlotte's my, f- one of my favorite characters in in this film, where she sees the world as it is, she sees her place as it is, she knows how precarious it is. She is, you know, I watch Pride and Prejudice, I read Pride and Prejudice, and I want to be Lizzie, right? But I mean, I'm pretty clear on what the world is as well, and so I think I'm actually kind of Charlotte. Like I'm kind of like the world is what it is. We've got to do what we've got to do to survive. And I love that she does that. And I love that when she marries Mister Collins. And then Lizzie goes to visit her. She is like, dude, you go out in the garden. It's really good for you. I've got this space. She's creating a protected space for herself where she can have her life. She's never had that before. She's been in her parents' household. She's been apparently a burden to her parents for being a girl and being old and apparently not being beautiful. And now she's got her own space and she's flourishing. Mm-hmm. And it's another woman who brings her down. She's walking all over her husband. And it's so interesting when they go for dinner and it's another woman that's bringing her around. You can go and be in the parlour because you're out of the way there. Like what a, what a horrible thing to say yes. to somebody. Like She is not about the sisterhood you really I mean, need a judy dench person to bring that stuff home too, yeah, and make yes. it
3: not just feel arch and sort yeah. of like a caricature because the stuff she says is truly atrocious from so top to awful. bottom yeah to everyone yes yes yeah, sorry so i didn't awful. want to interrupt you no 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 it's fine like, she
4: was brilliant on screen at every moment yes and, truly
1: because she's so despicable yeah and she but she doesn't know that she is or she doesn't she doesn't care because she's protected because she's rich because she's she believes it 100
0: percent, and that's what makes it so real is that she believes she is doing the right thing she is enforcing these structures yes she's looking out for people yeah yeah Yeah. she's keeping everybody in their
3: place yes exactly yeah when lizzie talks to her at the end is like the most satisfying (laughs) she's so mad in every possible possible
2: way way. (laughs) and you cannot have one more (laughs) thing to say
3: bye -bye. (laughs) I wish I had said that on more than one occasion in my life so (laughs) I felt I feel incredibly satisfied when she does and leaves her sputtering and I mean she doesn't have a comeback because she has insulted her in every possible way
2: intentionally
3: yes (laughs) and that power of of calling something what it is which there's so little of Mm -hmm. in that world there's so so much class and manners and how we do things and how what is right and what is wrong and and so when someone does it it's incredibly disorienting
1: Mm And there's so much freedom to Lizzie, isn't there? You know, with the mud on her skirt, with the telling Mm -hmm. people as it is, telling a man who's proposed to her no when everybody else would have said yeah, Would have said yes. And and standing up for herself and her family in multiple situations that, again, it's, you know, obviously this is all there in the original text, but I'm, I'm being very mean about the Pride and Prejudice TV show. I don't particularly like it. And I don't think we get... We do, i don't think we get that from lizzie i don't think in in the 90s tv show sorry everyone but i can feel I can, there's some faces looking at me for i haven't listeners. watched
3: it in so long Ria. Okay, i can't great. even speak to it to be honest <laughs> no, you so know I, I think it's a zippy spirit, and it's
1: true to the spirit of the book but yes. i don't think as a modern viewer you right. can connect with it as much and I think that is why so long after this film's come out, so many people are still enjoying it and discovering it because it feels so much more timely than the BBC.
4: Rhea, adaptation. are you saying the older version is
0: more
1: in the No, I'm saying this I think is.
4: this one is. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, yeah.
0: Honestly, I think that it's uh, adaptations are always facets of the time they were in. The 1930s Ooh. whatever version of Pride and Prejudice where they're all wearing inexplicably civil war uh, outfits because <laughs> the studio had leftover stuff from Gone with the Wind. Um, feels very much like a ridiculous like Lizzie isn't is is just clever but in a in a playful way and you know it's it's so much it's very different and I think if we had another adaptation today in 2023, it's going to be different as well and they're going to maybe focus a little bit more on the feminist angles and maybe a little bit more on the class and you know, um, privileged stuff. Um, I would love to see, I I actually kind of really appreciate Carolyn Bingley. I think she's, you know, who she is, Mm. but I would really love to see her character excoriated just a smidge more, um, which she's played mean girl so flawlessly by Kelly Riley. Just, Mm. I have like, I know that the original one in in the 1995 played by, I can't remember her name, but she played duck face in, um, Okay. Uh, for weddings and a funeral she's good but kelly riley could cut it. You with a sneer like she is unbelievably unbelievably mean
2: you have such so, an interesting family she says yes. Have such a- yes. Yes. yes
0: are all of the mis- are all of the bennett's going to come it's like very yes. speaking of the bennett's i don't want to let this go but i just want to appreciate that all five of the Bennett sisters were cast in such a way that I mean all of them are kind of big freaking deals now um you blink and you miss Carrie Mulligan as as Mm -hmm. Kitty Mm -hmm. and uh Jenna Malone American I'm not sure why she was cast as Lydia but she chews through the scenery and is absolutely hateable because with like, you know, annoying, so you get it. Rosamund Pike, we've talked about her flawlessness. And then I just want to point out, I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but Tallulah Riley, who's so good at playing Mary, who's supposed to be the plain, you know, uh, Bennett sister who is not playing at all in the movie, but um, ends up in real life being married to Elon Musk, not yes. once, but twice. Right. <laughs> a man in want of a, a single man in, in possession of good fortune, indeed. <laughs>
4: But I think Kira Knightley ended up with Mr. Wickham in real life for a while.
0: Really? Yeah. I Her think she Rupert met, friend, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like the poor man's Orlando Bloom.
4: I, I oh. agree. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, oh. I 90%. I, I... <laughs> Or the Rich Man's Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Or there you go. Yes. Yeah. because yeah. <laughs> uh, I do think he smolders with more effects than Orlando. Yes. Uh over- I also oh. think he's a slightly
1: better actor. So. He,
3: he looks better when he's dirty for sure. And I wanted to (laughs) say a great segue because that was I was like, I wanted to say something. I think part of the reason this adaptation feels more is because of the authenticity of it. It's not Mm -hmm. the Bennett sisters aren't going to look like they actually did in that time, like where they don't bathe and, you know, they smell bad and all those kinds of things. But they at least have dirty hems where the BBC version, everything is so pristine and we all have enough knowledge about that time to know nothing was pristine That was not how the world operated. So I think this film at least has a nod to that. And I think that hits us like subconsciously as well, where it feels like, oh, this is real. There's
0: so much mud. If you're paying attention to the setting and the scene, Are there's you... so much camera time on mud. It's wonderful.
3: Well, and the dogs, and I love how they walk through the house
1: that all, every yeah. time it happens there, feels there's like pig testicles in it. There's yeah, pig yeah. testicles. <laughs> A long-loving glory <laughs> yes. shot of pig testicles. I mean, why not? She's
3: sitting on the swing, like how boring it was. Yeah. There was nothing to do when you're a lady quote unquote. You know, you everyone else is working really hard. <laughs> All the people who are supporting right. your ladyhood yep. are busy. <laughs> and I so busy. When, <laughs> when you're a lady, you know, you're sitting on the couch with a book you've read I'm guessing 100 times. So, I felt like this movie more than previous adaptations. It's an it's a nod to what the world was more like, even though I know it's not actually what the world was like, because it's still a beautiful movie. So, so Allison, mean, you four. triggered
4: something for me, talking about sitting on the, the couch, reading a book. Can we talk about when Bingley comes back to propose and they're all just <laughs> sprawled out? <laughs> like
3: not, hide the ribbons! Hide yeah, the ribbons! So good. <laughs> pinching the cheeks. Yeah. Like, Such a great family moment, right? Like how they all work together. Like that's such a wonderful moment of this. These people spend a lot of time together. Right. We're spending this movie with them separate, but really most of the time they're just stuck in that room (laughs) (laughs) together.
4: They did come together as a family. They all started working toward the same goal. Mm -hmm. And then Elizabeth has a moment where she steps out of it because she finds out Darcy is here. And she is useless in that moment. Mm -hmm. She goes back to the wall, what am I going to do just because he's there? And then she's like, wait, this is about my sister. I need to get her ready. It was just a glorious scene that the chemistry between the characters again made it come to life. And then they all stand together. It was beautiful.
3: And Mrs. Bennett kind of fumbles it, right? Because she doesn't Mm -hmm. ask him to come in after she's had so many machinations that have brought this moment to fruition at the last minute. (laughs) She's overcome that it's worked. Is that how we're (laughs) supposed to read that? (laughs) And she's just like, oh, uh, I can't. It's like when that thing happens that you've put so much energy, it's surreal. And we Mm. see it on her face of like, no one can quite believe it. And I love that Bingley and Darcy come back; that they are there yeah. determined <laughs> to make this happen. In her they fumble, practice, day, they practice. They practice. Oh, I, so <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that they showed that, and it was from a distance, as though they were being viewed from a mirror from a window.
3: And the light is beautiful there. Oh, it's the loud. light is just the the place. Also, is a character in this yes, film, and absolutely. I don't feel like that's necessarily true in other adaptations. Like which I love. Because for me as a person who is descended from a lot of British people, there's something about seeing those places, they feel like home, like in me. And this movie speaks to that.
2: There's a lot of nature, a lot of silence in the movie, a lot of time spent.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so that's something before we wrap up, I really wanted to touch on that there's the other things that bring that authenticity that you've all been talking about from the costume design, you know, their clothes are not lavish, they feel very much of the time, there's a lot of white, but white was actually cheap, you know, that's what you've got the the, your cheap material in. So those poor housekeepers and servants having to wash them and then it starts raining and you just pick one thing off it lizzie i mean if i was that housekeeper i would not be warming up your bed that night thank you very much very angry about that um you know so so that's the thing you know and i remember when i went to see it at the cinema and i was quite surprised that there weren't lavish costumes even if you watch you know other jane austen adaptations it's it, that's used as a signifier that you're in a period piece, but they don't do that here. It's natural. It's part of it, and it's the same with all the settings. You know, it's the garden is overgrown. The garden is is wild, almost like the Bennett girls themselves. You know, it's there's so much there. The the production design is all there to enhance the story. When you go to Darcy's house, when when we're there, and and he's got a whole room just filled with statues and art. That and hit
3: like, me so hard this time.
1: Right? Yeah, Where Lizzie's like, Talk this could that. have
3: been my life. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't, like, she's really sitting with the consequences of her, of her bride and her prejudice.
0: Well, her, I, you know. I think that's a place where this adaptation takes a, a change for the better. Um, in the book, the general interpretation is that she does not actually, quote, realize that she's in love with Darcy until she goes to um pemberley and sees what was supposed to be a miniature portrait of him and his eyes are supposed to draw her in so they do this with the the sculpture instead but i think the movie is clear that she has fallen in she's not just a gold digger she's fallen in love with him before that and then she's
3: like oh shit i really screwed up (laughs) definitely and when she sees him and runs away, you know, like we see mm-hmm. her just lose yes. her composure and, mm-hmm. which is not the Lizzie we're familiar with. And she, by the way, she runs out to nowhere. There's nothing, <laughs> yeah, to, there's trapped. nowhere to go. She, was she going <laughs> to jump to her death off the side yeah. of this terrace? She did not she think it's know. This
4: place. No, I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank goodness she couldn't run away because otherwise... They could have had their reunion so right. it works, but then it even for when the she best. walks
4: away she has she, it yes. takes steps She's like oh I have to yes. turn and I'm still in his view oh my gosh but I have to tell you I visited that place when Did I was you? yes and it is gorgeous the grounds are amazing the artwork just the sculptures are so beautiful though I was sad that the Mr. Darcy sculpture was not there
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I have one complaint.
4: Yes. No. I just like the Duke of Devonshire one Mr. Darcy in here.
3: <laughs> yeah. It looks beautiful in the it, and her kind of having her breath taken away by it. Um which I don't know that we feel that as much other places. But, that that yes. even though she is exposed to some of these uh, elements, you know, because she's a lady, she's not a well-off lady. This is not her life. Um
1: so I, it was I was and it's another moment where the sound design comes in. The, yes. You know, the sound is sucked out of the scene. And we get the same in the dance scene, yes, where the crowd oh. falls away, the sound of everybody else falls away, of the clinking of glasses, and it's just the music swells, and it's just them sick.
4: <laughs> the music is so good. It yes. is so good. Oh my god. Yes. Alison and I both listen to the soundtrack after watching the
3: yes. music yeah and it comes back to you because it does such a great job it's variations yes. on the theme so it does such a great job of like oh this is what happened here and oh it's- yes
2: the sound is connected to the visual oh, in such sure. a way that that's it's automatically called up when you play that
3: yeah
4: and the tone of that dance scene it's like this Ooh. is a moment for them I think the choreography there was wonderful and the dialogue, the way they handled it. And then the moment when everyone fell away and it was just the two of them, even though they're still, you know, not courting each other at this point, they, mm-hmm. they still dislike each other. But yeah, you're still having all these feels, aren't you?
3: Yes. And the and the contrast between when she dances with Mr. Collins. Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is, he is ridiculous. So inept. Uh, I feel like, we've got a wrap up and I'm so yes. sad we haven't spent like 20 minutes talking about Tom Hollander and his performance in this because yeah. he is amazing fantastic yeah, so I, I fantastic. love how much he
0: loves potatoes I don't know why <laughs> that that delights me so much well he the loves delight, everything right yeah the mm. delight
2: in being able to compliment
0: Yes. Right. All of the yes. And then I'm going to tell you
4: all the ways yes. in which I give false compliments to make people feel good about themselves. And it works very well in my favor. I'm really good at giving bad compliments.
3: <laughs> yeah, no
1: self-awareness. Uh, are there any final points before we wrap up? Because otherwise I'll start talking and we'll be here for another half an hour.
3: This was just a joy. <laughs> I, I could talk for many more hours, but it's when I got the movie again, to watch my whole is like, didn't you just watch oh. that? And uh, it's like, yes, but I am watching it in its entirety again, which is a uh, kind of rare for me. So it was just, I don't know. It was, it's like balm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something watching. about it.
2: Yeah. It's Very comforting. Really, uh,
3: mm-hmm. And it just makes you, it made me feel like, okay, like it's good. I don't know. It's going to be okay. This movie Kevin, exists somehow.
1: It's exactly, so yeah. beautiful. And that's how it that really makes me feel like if I feel sick or down, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. like it, it goes on. And Kevin will always walk in, usually in the exact same scene, like, are you watching this again? Or like, <laughs> or are you just <laughs> watching the scene? Or how many times have you watched it this year? And it's like, too many. It, it is probably one of my most watched films, because it. it I love that. It is a It bomb. definitely
4: is for me. It
1: really is. What a wonderful way to describe it. It just... It makes me feel so good. I'm talking about You've made me feel so good. But also it makes me want to cry, but not in a bad way. You know, like right. sometimes you have to watch a sad yes. film to cry. Because it it's cry so because beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beauty. Yeah. And I just. Yes. And we don't get to appreciate that that this often. Alison does because she's always walking and seeing beautiful wildflowers and stuff. So you just must constantly be like, I'm in Pride and Prejudice. I want to cry because it's so beautiful. Because that's what I would do. I did go um, on a walk right after I watched the movie. <laughs> and did, you? did look at all the flowers and listen to the
3: soundtrack and cried so oh, see? nailed it people <laughs> walked by me and probably thought i was grieving or which i probably am something mm-hmm. somewhere but you know it was like it was, it's cathartic low-key cathartic mini mm-hmm. catharsis yes, yes. like yes. W- like a very comforting <laughs> catharsis i don't know <laughs> if there's a word for that but not the kind where you are wrecked right the kind where you are yeah. lightened
2: mm-hmm. yes lightened that's beautiful yes
3: And the
0: ending is such a moment of not just optimism, but certainty. You know, it's not in the book. They're not sitting on the fountain talking about how much they are DTF uh, in the book. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) with with them, you know, talking about what, what do I call you? And we now we learn from that, that they are married and they have, you know, they definitely are going to be happy ever after. It's just it's just any kind of uncertainty that you had because they were kind of at odds through most of the of the tale is is gone you know that they're going to be happy and this is this is the right ending for both of them
1: so in the american version you have them being married at the end don't you yes yes see in ours we don't we have she kisses right. his hand and they're there as the sun rises and you don't shots. even get the the, Wait, the negotiation with yeah, yeah, all of that but it's yeah so but so our ending is we get the negotiation he talks to lizzie and then she goes back out and they're like "Yay, yeah, we're in love and she like obviously That's they the don't end? say that i can clearly not write any sort of film but yeah <laughs> and, and our version they, says mrs darcy, they have mrs. darcy have their, and they get yeah, a little
2: conversation and they finally kiss but he's listening again what is it mm. that you want to be called right yes.
4: Because whatever you want, I am going to make it my mission right. to give it. To
0: Only you. when you're incandescently in love, and then he indicates the he is by calling her Mrs. Darcy. It's lovely. And
4: kissing her every time in oh. different places, showing that he has probably kissed her up and down in every possible spot. Sonia, <laughs>
1: that is Tonya, a good Tonya. closing image, right there. Yes, that's it. Done. <laughs> right, everyone where can everyone find you if you'd like them to find you online uh susan let's start with you
2: i don't really have a media presence but okay. i will be tuning into this podcast again and again <laughs>
1: thank you susan that's yes, wonderful thank you wendy where can people find you if, if uh, you susan? can find me at www.wendywimmer.com
0: and my book entry-level short stories um, has a definite elements of rom-coms along with a little bit scary funny sad um in those 14 or in the 15 short stories and i'm a big fan of uh there is a short story in there that is definitely inspired by austin so if you have an austin love you will enjoy that
3: wonderful allison you can find me at my website allisonshelton.com a-l-y-s-o-n S-H-E-L-T-O-N, or on Instagram at by Alison Shelton.
1: Tanya
4: And I am across social media at Ms. Tanya Todd. My website is Ms. Tanya Todd.com. I absolutely advocate Wendy's book. It's amazing. I love the stories in it. And of course you can find us here on on. We will yes,
3: be here
1: exactly. talking be about
3: here. <laughs> incredible things with each other and our wonderful guests.
1: Yes, absolutely. Alison's really good at doing outros. I'm going to try and nail it, which means it's going to be rubbish. So good luck. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. She says talking and talking and talking and talking. So come and find us at FemOn. It's at FemOn on Instagram. But most importantly, we'd love it if you subscribed, if you rated and reviewed. I used to hate having to say things like that, but it really does help. We're talking about so many important things on this podcast we are a female gaze podcast that's the sort of stuff we want to talk we talk about serious stuff we talk about fun stuff We talk about pop culture but you know and i'm not saying that just because you know i'm the producer but i do think we're having really important conversations and it's across so many different things so please do help us get our voices out there and if you want to talk to us about anything approach us as well like all of our details are on our website and show notes we want to hear from you. We want to share your voices. We want you to come on the show. And thank you so much to all my wonderful guests. Two new friends. So good luck to you both because once I make you my friend, you can't get away, um, no matter how hard you try. So... Thank you. Thanks <laughs> so for having us. I just you some more. Lovely. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Smash the paint, Rocky.
4: <laughs>